to the Dad Bod Pod. I'm your host, Jamie Schleicher. Missing my OG co-host, Matt McNichol. Missing my new co-host, Caleb Fleming. <laughs> I do have my original tri-host and our most reliable guest, our favorite <laughs> guest, my arch-rival, Hated nemesis, possibly the worst player in the league. It's it's Seth, Seth Westboway. Seth, welcome back to the pod, man. Such a gift to be here, per usual. To all my rowdy fans, James. I would be four and one right now, but for a field goal, and this is why we're rivals. And that is that is the. The beauty of this game, the cruelty of this game, how everything is random and meaningless. Shout out, hat tip, Caleb. Uh, The kickers. It's always the kickers. It's always the kickers. And those are the articles that stress me out the most. I overthink them the most. I have been better this year. Mason Crosby's on an all-out air attack team. So no matter what the projections or matchups say, it's Green Bay for me. Um, yeah, I think it's funny. I'm always fascinated by the data and the analyses and the patterns such as they are. And it seems that we've arrived at a conclusion from our eminent data scientist, Caleb, that we're talking about all this only to determine that it actually doesn't matter. And are we at the point where we can draw a conclusion and say that, yeah, Caleb's corner, the data stuff is actually teaching us nothing. Is there any skill to this? And I I always maintain that it is a, a game of skill and chance. I do think in season-long leagues, chance is, is definitely a, a big component of it and in any week-to-week matchup. Right. It's definitely a skill. Yeah. There's so much variance. That's right. There are some known knowns. I mean, I think I've developed a pretty good musculature around uh, batting away. Matt's daily overtures, three trade offers daily. Um, You know, he knows how to work a person. And after a while you're like, maybe I will just trade for trade's sake. And then I'm like, is my team really in need? Yeah, do you need Devontae Adams on your team? Probably not. Right. That's that's exactly how it goes. So he'll offer me seven people. I'm like, who am I going to drop? And he's like, anyone but Devontae. <laughs> I I like trading. I'm open to it. I'll, I'll, I'll do a blockbuster. The question is, is it equitable? Mm. Um, Mutually beneficial even. Yeah, even. And what's funny is I've offered him some that I think are equitable. Let the trash talking begin. I've offered Matt, the OG co-host, trades that I think are equitable. Like, I don't know what it was. He wanted a tight end. I think I offered him Hayden Hurst and Wolf Fuller for, like, Robert Woods and A.J. Green. And those are playable commodities. And A.J. Green is completely droppable and this and that. Yeah, he's on the way over. I got laughed in my face. Exactly. Um are there any regrets, any lessons learned? 
Uh, other skills, knowing who, reading updates, knowing who to select, how much to bid. Is that a skill? <laughs> I don't know. That'd be that'd be an interesting area of analysis. I'd... Yeah, we have a new league thing. Uh, the blown load indicator every after every waiver week from Zach. Zach doing yet another service for the league. Shout out Zach, our faithful editor. Makes the pot happen. He's, yeah, that's right. he's the only reason we're still doing this. That service being screenshotting on Wednesday mornings. Um <laughs> and sending it to group me. I'm not I think with it. the acceptance we we've had two massive disparities. One was just this week with Chase Claypool. The other was Daryl Henderson. I think Drew went for sixty-one fab dollars on him, whereas I spent sixty dollars total on Mike Davis and Devontae Freeman, and have won three straight. Mike so, Davis was a huge pickup. Dude is like an RB one. Period. Um, it's solely why I'm winning because starting Levy on this past week certainly wasn't. I simultaneously love and hate your running back core. <laughs> you have oh, the most intriguing set of running backs in the league. And it's not something that like you feel great or confident about. But as a collective, it's like you're yeah. always going to have two guys that you can roll out there as, uh, as good starters. I was thinking this this morning. I don't have the flashy top 10 picks. Nick Chubb's on IR for at least four more weeks. My number two pick, who was doing great for me before he went down. But Chase Edmonds, Cam Akers, Devontae Freeman, Mike Davis. Something's going to play, though. Davis will go away soon. I just, that's just a wild thought to me. He has been the, he's been the, he's been a league winner. And given that my Yahoo preseason projections were for three wins and I hit that, I'm going to just say that's, that's why. Yeah. Mike Davis has won you weeks, which for any waiver wire pickup if if they win you a week they've basically done what you've needed them to do that's right and yeah Edmonds looks like he could take the arizona job at some point i don't think anybody is loving what they're seeing from Kenyon drake right cam Akers is back and he could still end up with that starting job and flush drew 61 dollars for henderson <laughs> down down the toilet I'm I'm feeling good. Not cocky, but good. I always believed in my team. <laughs> um, except for Le'Veon. And speaking of skill, you, me, and pretty much everyone who saw me take him in the fourth round was like, yeah, that's not going to work out. And truth mm-hmm. be told, no chance. that's exactly what's happened. And now, as we live and breathe and podcast, he has been released with all his money by the hapless Jets to sign with another team that's looking like the Chiefs or the Dolphins at this moment. We'll keep refreshing throughout the recording. What does it mean for real football? What does it mean for fantasy football? For real football? Is this going to send shockwaves through our league? <laughs> Should I, I sell so. high now? <laughs> My thought is no. 
If I had to make a bet, I would bet no. Uh, but who knows? You know, I I think he definitely has something left in the tank and can go out there and and make plays in the NFL. Um, it just kind of comes down to roll out an opportunity. Yeah. And I'm oh, this just in. You heard it here first. Tell me, my uh, assuming you're listening to this podcast live, as opposed to two days from now. Adam Schefter reports the Chiefs agree to terms with Le'Veon Bell, formerly of the Jets. The Chiefs seem this is Yahoo's advice. The Chiefs seem to be dueling with the Dolphins for Bell's services, but it's not surprising the reigning Super Bowl champs won out due to the league's COVID nineteen protocols. Bell will be ineligible to suit up against the Bills on Monday. That leaves Week 7 against the Broncos as his debut. The question immediately becomes the workload delineation. Wow, big word usage, Yahoo. Uh, In the Chiefs' backfield as number 32 overall pick, Clyde Edwards-Elair has sputtered since an impressive owner versus the Texans' bottom basement run defense. So they're just throwing in extra digs at CEH. I know. That has been... In my Le'Veon update, they're just shitting on your team, so we'll get to that. He's that has been like 1,600 yards this year. This is a long update. That has been especially true in early down short yardage situations where Bell figures to receive immediate opportunities. Bell will also be a threat to CEH's bread-and-butter pass-catching work, even if CEH remains the lead back in a committee. This obviously devastates his RB1 value and perhaps even knocks him out of the RB2 ranks. This is not a LaShawn McCoy-style signing. Did you hear that, Kamish? Bell probably has more left in the tank, second tank reference, than Adam Gase would lead you to believe while Coach Andy Reid unlocks running backs like few others. CEH would do well to put on a show versus the Bills' underachieving defense. Bell arrives right as the Chiefs are losing left guard Kelechi Osamele for the season. Woo! Well, Yahoo has some strong opinions. I know. That's really flowery because literally, can I read you this? Literally in the past week, they were making it sound like Bell's value. Oh, it, it expired already. But that Bell's value was non-existent. They were just like, owners, good luck with that. But boy, that hit on a lot of conversation topics we were going to discuss, including this idea that He's nothing but a shady McCoy. Uh, Fantasy Pros also has it. Let's see if they're as flowery with their languages. Um, no? All right, so here, here's point-counterpoint, Jamie. Um, I won't read it all. CEH, who has handled a huge workload for the Chiefs in his rookie season, will likely give up a few snaps in favor of Bell, who is going to get every opportunity to show he's still a very viable back in this league. So I don't know what that means. Edwards Elair likely drops down to a high-end RB2 with the Bell signing, and Bell likely has solid flex appeal with obvious RB2 upside, given his body of work and level of talent. Darrell Williams, for all you Darrell Williams stands out there, is likely relegated to a very limited role. So, I mean, I drafted him as my RB2. I'd be thrilled if he was even a viable flex. Do you think he will be with the Chiefs? And how do you feel about your team? Immediate reactions only. (laughs) (laughs) Immediate reaction. I'm sad. Uh, (laughs) 
and I liked it better when Daryl Williams was behind CEH. But I mean, in five games, CEH has had games of of ten carries. So I I don't think he's going to eat into his workload that much, and that is wishful thinking on my part, a hundred percent. So so biased there, but I mean it's it's Patrick Mahomes. You know, any time that you're not letting him sling the rock, you're probably yeah. doing a disservice to your team. So I I don't think he's coming in to be this right. focal point of the offense by any means, but I think right. he's a good football weapon. That is another thing that, that teams have to take into account. Monitor. And even as a change of pace back, or if this goes you know, full committee where it's more closely looking like what we're seeing in Cleveland of, you know, almost a, a split between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Right. I That's actually what came to my mind. I don't fully buy into all of Yahoo's effusive prognostications, partly because they're always wrong. Um, but I think yeah. it's more like Bell or uh, Hunt and Chubb. Um and that would be wonderful for both you and I because there were several games where they were both essentially RB1s um, on the rounds. Yeah, nope. and they're not going to run as yeah. much as, as Cleveland runs. But as far as usage goes and splitting snaps, I, right. could, I could see it looking like that. It's just one more thing for defenses to, and teams to have to freak out about about the Chiefs. I mean, knowing the Chiefs like I do, and I know the Chiefs, Um, no I mean my best guesstimate is that it's scary because Bell can get gets thrown to a lot out of the backfield can slice and dice his way through and it's like do you then have to take a man off Tyreek Hill some of these other guys right so if you focus on one the others are freer vice versa that sort of thing or do they you know, that's what I, where I was going. Knowing the Chiefs, I could see Andy Reid getting all sorts of trickery by having CEH and Bell back there at the same time, you know? Yeah. Um, lining them up in different places, like Bell almost out of kind of a slot blocking thing, and then, yeah, whatever it could be. Yeah, historically, Andy has loved to get the running backs involved in the screen game. I don't, I don't think we've seen that fully unlocked with CEH. Um, but yeah, I I just think we'll see more of that with you know those guys going to the slot and one of them in the back backfield. Right. So and if nothing else, you never wish injuries on someone, but it's tremendous injury insurance for an already stacked professional football team. Oh uh, yeah, I I think from the Chiefs' point, it's if you can get a guy like this on a veteran minimum contract, like right. why would you not do that? Mm. Yeah. For him, it sounds it like the, cool. yeah. Go the main motivation was a chance to win a Super Bowl, and Kansas City is definitely a place that you can win a Super Bowl. Yeah. So I get um, it, but I was yeah. hoping to go party in, in Miami. Here's a question. If you were me, would you start Le'Veon Bell? This week? He, uh, Absolutely. No. <laughs> Do it. Um. I'm actually looking ahead. When do we play each other again? Because since we played week one, we should have another matchup. Week 12. 
can't wait to beat you. Try to do it by more than a field goal this time because I'm coming for you. Hey, you got Graham Gano. Yeah. The best best kicker in the in the NFL that I drafted and dropped. I mean, he I won my matchup against Steven Zach by like point six points. And Graham Gano got me twenty. Exactly. That's so incredible. He's he's the guy. So you you are the magical kicker unicorn this year. You win games. Wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up Goskowski week twelve and play him against you. Ooh, uh, see if I can overcome. At that point, I anticipate being nine and two. Yeah, um, your your playoff appearance is a foregone conclusion at that point. Oh, don't jinx it. If I can jinx it, I will. <laughs> I will I will try as hard as I can to jinx it. Given that Yahoo's current projections have Caleb thirteen and zero, Stephen and I don't know Sumner nine and four, and me seven and six, and everyone else with a losing record. Um, <laughs> nine wins is definitely a foregone conclusion. Where where All does right. it have me? I think you were in the up? six and seven. There was like five guys with six and seven finishes. Uh, Yahoo yeah. doesn't know. I guess we're just going to beat each other up all season. Yeah. But again, that's like so different. I think two days ago I was projected to finish eighth. Like they don't know what they're doing. They don't know. They have no idea. Um, who else doesn't know what they're doing? Trey Co. My my rival right, this week. <laughs> I mean, the man can barely field two running backs on paper. James White and Naheem Hines. He can play. He needs to get a kicker, and he needs to plug his flex. And even then, I'm still going to beat him by fifty, which is probably a sure bet that I'm not. Um. He's 0-5, though. Like, we talk about skill, but but do you also need just some some juju, some caring? He's uh, he's been a hard man to find. I I think the main thing is you got to score some points, which <laughs> science allergic to you, <laughs> a little reticent to you. I'm not sure exactly why. Why doesn't he want to score points? Why they're dead set against it? Because that seems to me to be the the whole goal. You know, he has has slightly more than Trav, Um, but Trav, Trav is 15 waiver moves to Trey's three, 32 bucks left to Trey's 86. We've got a couple zero dollars in the bank. Somehow I have the most waiver moves, but I think I was playing around with too many wide receivers last week. I don't know. Um... Let's talk those tiers, though, I think, as we said. who Forget Yahoo's projections. Forget whatever Zach's power rankings are from Fantasy Pros. Mm-hmm. I think our tiers for fears are the true power rankings. And looking at this, can we call who's going to make the playoffs? Side bet? Ooh. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, I think we're going to probably agree. Well. I think Zach is going to make the playoffs. Agreed. Do you think, I think I'm going to make the playoffs. I think you're going to make the playoffs. There's three. I think Caleb is going to make the playoffs. I think Sumner is going to. So there's one left. Is it Steven or Matt? Or do you disagree with any of my 
I mean, Roberts had some strong showings, though, too. I'm not sold on Sumner. I could see, I could see his team fading at the end and being overtaken uh, by yeah. by some others. I'm so I, I think out of that. everybody you listed, he's probably the one that I'm shakiest on, and and myself. Right. But um, you know, at this point, optimism reigns, and of course, I'm going to make the playoffs. Yeah, Sumner has the fifth most points now by a hair over Robert, and he's ranked second. So, and I look at his team, the man just picked up Frank Gore like it was some kind of lottery. I was like, you got him for free, and you're not in the group, me. You're out. <laughs> uh, do we think Matt's making the playoffs? Two game, I mean, we he and I had a high scoring affair where I beat him. But he had some injuries come his way, didn't he? Yeah, he got rocked this past week, and it was low-key devastating for him. He's in rough shape this week with his bye weeks, too. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'll say it. I think he has no shot this week. <laughs> Who's he playing? Could could oh, get Caleb. renamed. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Right now, the projection alone is a rename, <laughs> almost. Yep. Um, Which is not where you want to be, but... You know, if Christian McCaffrey comes back in two weeks, you know, all of a sudden Matt's team is looking quite formidable again. Has Robert ever made the playoffs? Wow. Shots at Robert, which I love. <laughs> I'm here for I'm it. asking because I'm fascinated if he if he can, since he named... So here's fascinating. Maybe since Matt named his team foregone conclusion, two-game slide. Since Robert named his team disappointing start, two-game rise, including 160 point just shellacking. Um, oh, he plays you this week. He plays me this week, and I don't know if... Well, Dalvin Cook got hurt last week, which definitely yeah. gives me an edge. Melvin Gordon got a DUI, yeah, he's, he's gonna and be he, he could be out, which could so leave him starting be... Brian Hill and... Whoever he gets off the waiver wire. Yeah, there he's actually got no other running backs. Oh, yeah, you're gonna win. Um, so assuming men- my, my team scores points this week, and as I'll remind you, I scored the most points in the league last week. Is that enough to right. get you a vote in Tears for Fears? Nope, apparently not. Right. Third most points in the league throughout the right. season. Nobody's scared of me. No, same. I I, I wrestle with the same. Mentioning Dalvin Cook. Uh, there have been some who have called Sean's strategy what a shit strategy. A shit strategy, I believe, is the but technical term. He's sitting at two and three, or no, he's at three and two. Also, he's got a winning. This is what's two. so funny about Yahoo's projection: so many losing records, and yet now we have people outside of sixth place with winning records. Uh, anyway, but I'm looking at my God. Does he really have three quarterbacks? Um. <laughs> um that's a whole other thing. Uh, this is a one quarterback league. Um, but maybe he's building up trade fodder. Um, he's, I, I get it. I've done this before. And um, the way the Cowboys could ride Zeke, he's got Tony Pollard, Madison, 
if he's got Philip Lindsay, um, and a strong Sean got hurt early by Chris Godwin going out. He's got Ryan Fitzpatrick in the starting slot right now. Oh, Russell Wilson. Wow. So maybe I take back what I said about playoff prognostications. I'm gonna go Caleb Jamie. Steven just always kind of finds a way. Yeah, uh, he'll be there. Uh, last year, bar an injury. Me. Because if Sean. DJ Shark gets hurt, he's already started DJ Shark for zero points once this season. So Did he win that game? Probably. No, <laughs> I think he lost. I beat him this week despite a horrific just brain fart benching of Johnny Smith. Um, I I was ready to just give up if I had lost based on that. It was – I. I don't know. I, I just was like, ah, the game's going to get canceled. I don't know what I was thinking. It was a total brain fart. It's like trading and Deion Lewis for Joe Mixon. Didn't you start your DBU as well? Like you listed a guy. No, that's what I'm saying. I listed him and I was on this like Zoom call. And then I, no, I, I listed uh, Hayden Hurst as DBU for Johnny Smith. Hayden Hurst has done nothing for me this year. He's mainly been on my bench. Johnny Smith has been a breakout. And if Hayden Hurst is my debut for Johnny Smith, it shouldn't matter. I should have kept Johnny Smith in the lineup. Right. Johnny Smith scores two touchdowns. I it was just I don't know. I call it COVID brain, I guess. Um, yeah, just so I'm calling right now. I put five dollars if anyone wants to put it up against me on all six. I don't know how this works in Vegas, but if I strike six for six, I'm going Caleb, Jamie, Stephen, me. Sean and Zach. Yeah, it's got to be Zach. Tough call over Robert, but um, all right. I mean, right now, this is basically like a group me conversation. I'm sorry for getting all of that. Um, Do we lose people? Does Trey give up at some point? On the season or the league? Yeah, just uh, like stop filling his ro- Just stop filling his roster. <laughs> uh, I, I think he finishes it out. You got to come for the culture. Uh, I see Drew trying. Um, I read a fascinating stat: Mike Davis over the past three weeks has more fantasy points than. Uh, something like Jonathan Taylor, CEH, and some other big name have on the entire year. I also saw a stat somewhere that at this pace, even with Dak not playing for the rest of the season, I think Phillip Rivers will take until week 13 to pass him in fantasy points. Right. Um. I remember when I saved the pod the first time, it was right before maybe even the draft. If it was at least before the season, we were talking about the wonderful beauty of how this can be a distraction during this time, camaraderie, and so on. Since then, my brother-in-law, as I mentioned in the group me, who's really hardcore and has had a league for years with some of his buddies, had a couple people drop off because they didn't want to deal with everything we've had to the past few weeks with the whack-a-mole around scheduling and DBUs Ah. and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, man, and to me, what is your sense of, yeah, just the, 
general bon mot of the, did I pronounce that right? The bonhomie of the league, given, you know, we seem to be sharing info, keeping each other, maybe, maybe our culture kept it good. I mean, it's, I don't know. It has me looking at my apps more, <laughs> uh, which to me is always great. I was like more information. I don't want my team to be adversely affected. Uh, right. What, what's your, what's your sense of the pulse given that we are starting to have to like, just deal with some crazy amount of soft tissue injuries and games being moved around and what the hell is going on? Like John U. Smith brain farts. Yeah, it's it's been wild. Um, you know the the injuries are definitely material and impacting teams. The craziest thing is the the games getting postponed. Right, and that Tuesday that's just games? something we've yeah. never we've never really dealt with before. Of you know, you wake up in the morning and you don't know if a game is actually going to be played. Um. So that's that's crazy. I think Steven put it best that I think chaos should reign. And I would say for the most part, the league yeah. has embraced the the chaos of it. Travis, um, you know, I, I threw out this DBU thing that some other leagues were doing. I saw it on Twitter. I was like, I don't hate this idea. What do you guys think? Travis made the move to unilaterally give us the option in in the event of a game getting pushed back to a Monday night or a Tuesday because of positive COVID tests to designate a backup player for those games that if it ends up getting pushed back again or canceled altogether, that we could play that uh, that backup player and, and get those those points. There was yeah. There was some manufactured drama in the league around that and whether all rule changes should go through a democratic process or, you know, given the broad executive power of the commissioner, you know, is, is he going to, how many of these decisions and, you know, to what extent, um, as far as they, they impact strategy and the ability to to compete against each other in this completely random and, and meaningless game is, is he going to make? So, right. you know, there's, there's definitely right. opinions on, on all sides, but. I've wondered if, yeah. Well, I think number one to your first point, we got a lot of true grit here. Like we've mm-hmm. weathered some storms, but we do see the forest for the trees and that embrace of chaos is actually going to, it just feels that much better uh, if you can kind of push through uh, whether you're winning or not, because we've got that connecting point on the value add of this to our lives, mm-hmm. but it's also going to feel probably that much extra good to make the playoffs. Any win, any win really um, every COVID test or let alone hoist the trophy on league governance. You know, this is funny. Matt threw out some kind of motion. Oh, he wanted like the sixth. So the last playoff. Yeah, to go to the highest point, whether it's sixth place or not. Yeah. Um, We do govern ourselves according to a pretty 
you know, adhered upon code. Here's official communication. I think it would be funny for next year, and we could do this in the spring, to draft bylaws, have a bylaws committee so that there is a scope for these kind of things. You know, we talk about the NFL rule book. Like, here's the vision. Here's the mission statement. Because we talk about a lot of things that I could see come to pass. But how do you acculturate anyone who might come in? Like, do we have a tier B league? Um, And there's a ladder of getting up into tier A, tier B. Maybe there's more money involved or more esteem or whatever. Um, But even for rule changes and quorums, how do you get a quorum? Um, (laughs) A super majority. Um, Yeah, what are the checks balances? Yeah, exactly. Powers. So we got a bylaws, an employee handbook, um, and then yeah, just anecdotes at the end. Um, a glossary. I still just a book. Yeah, I, exactly. I think if the twelve of us combined to write a book, intertwining life thoughts, professional expertise, fantasy football, and just put together twelve chapters, I think the outcome would definitely entertain me. Yeah. I would love to see that. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, you do the book part. I'll add those, like, just funny, like, top ten things you'll hear from Matt when he wants your top-round pick. And it's like, um, here's a glossary of terms. Here are all, I would need Caleb's help here, here are all the team names deemed good. You know, just... Memory lane, do some things. Which Boy, I've really been mean. slinging mud at Matt. Go ahead. We we need to spin up a website so we can get some of this this written Absolutely. blog slash visual content. Absolutely. Like Sean's um, masterpiece of giving everyone a, a WWE character. Like that. That was incredible. It was that epic. just needs to be left up yeah. for everyone to see and appreciate oh that's right it'll be like facebook on. for the league and you could go and be like here's the breakdown and then like you, you could incorporate caleb's data like here are the finishes um it would just be the super hub the google drive exactly and then you know we're not mm-hmm. making caleb run the same statistical analysis all the time and be like oh yeah did we decide that draft slot matters or kickers matter none of it matters but we would be able to you know see and remember these things and not have to bug him all the time but another thing that you mentioned in there that i've been thinking about is i think we should absolutely have a feeder league um, yeah that people are in and should you know lord willing no spots do open up because i love everybody in the league but if any spots do open up, then we have, you know, a champion um, that could step in and, and assume that role. But I would want that league to be um, like one of these these fun experimental types of leagues. So whether that's a zombie oh, league or like What's a survivor a league. league? Again? There, Whoa, I don't even know what these terms are. Yeah, there's there's so many different things that you can do. Um where like if if you lose then all of your players 
um, like you you basically drop all of your players. Wow. Uh, so the top the tier, the the OG dad bods. I got you. I'm sorry, I interrupted. But the OG dad bods would be like this cutthroat redraft thing. Yeah, with the a Peter redraft, low stakes. Yeah, league. right. Uh, except the stakes would be. I don't know. I mean, we still increase the buy-in payouts, that kind of thing. Um, but you know. Cutthroat, you know, it's about the reputation, whereas the feeder league would be more like the Hunger Games. Exactly. Um, and you just got to run this gauntlet of shit. Do they share the same group me? Do they have their own? And how does that work? Do Are we trying to get 12 people? So it's like mm-hmm. top, top six from, or do we do, or is it more fair really to do top three and then bottom three trade out? year in and year out um i'm fascinated by this partly because it's just an expansion of the culture and who doesn't want to be a part of this right yeah i i see it as an expansion play i i like the consistency of the same people in the league every year and i i think that just allows you to you know build relationships and and allow those to kind of continue and and deepen and like for yeah, example, my our, thing our commissioner right, yeah. has the worst team in the league this year. You know? <laughs> Are we really going to kick Travis, the heart and soul, the glue of this group, out just because he's terrible at fantasy football? I don't want to. <laughs> Wait, see so that. how do you how do you do the feeder part then? Like, because I like I I'm compelled by what you're saying that it shouldn't be six. You can't trade out half the league, and you got to have more than one season of value like maybe there's a tier system like of like the gold platinum silver that you accrue but some maybe that's league punishment you finish last place and you win the feeder you get up the thing how do we differentiate these two while still making it fun for both leagues to feel like they're playing for something like so i think i think a more interesting thing would be okay bottom three or four teams have to fill out the feeder league so we have eight new people and then the bottom four teams also have to compete over there they still get to stay in the dad bods uh, but they also have to participate in the second league and um if they if they come in 12th there then maybe we should have a, a low stakes punishment that they they actually have to fulfill well what that does is it moves like three up like if they finish bottom half of the feeder league, then it moves those top people up into their role in that. You have to do well, and then allows for a couple more spots to open up in the feeder league. So you're constantly churning in, at least in that first year. Or so you're opening up a few spaces by default. Um, uh, I mean, ideally, I'd... this feeder league would be good people as well. But yeah, you, at this point, can we really say anyone's new to dad bonds? No. No, we can't. Though Sumner is a bit of a ghost. Sumner, come on the pod. I thought about tagging. <laughs> Sumner is not listening to this pod, but he is active. He he listens. I'm convinced he, he listens. Oh, well, in that case. No, he doesn't listen. But he might. Your mother smells of elderberries, Sumner. 
come on the pod. Um, I, I think I told you about this idea too. Of I want to low key slander people that aren't showing an interest in, in coming on the pod. Yeah, or changing their team names. Um, like nothing outrageous, but you know, just things that you know they're they're out there. People are saying them. Those people are are only me, possibly you. Um, but you know, if if they are items that they they want to correct and let the public yeah. know that yeah. know that is, that is false, the then you know they should come on the pod and and say these things. Like, yeah, let's, let's throw some chum. Yeah, Trey, for example, I heard that when he walks his dog, he he doesn't pick up the dog poop. <laughs> Dude, that's it's... actually you've definitely just slandered him in my eyes because yeah. that's uh, it's a serious thing. Uh, that's if that's true, uh, but even now that it's in my head, he's gone down a few notches. Um, Complete dereliction of a, a civic duty, and it's just you know I I can't say it's true. I'm right. just saying. You know, this is but, but someone's putting the it out there. That that, yeah. Could just be me. Even the possibility that a guy with the balls to name his company the mother load is just dropping <laughs> loads all over Charlottesville. I, I didn't even think about um, that. But I mean wow, the, the brand the branding the branding hit alone for anyone who's who um slits us the business of the mother load needs to be rectified immediately on a pod. Uh, so that we didn't just take a massive dump on his business. Uh, I know. Line. I am fearful that, you know, we're going to go to motherload.com and see a one-star review. And <laughs> someone says, you have a beautiful puppy, but yeah, you need to pick up. I mean, I'm just curious what Trey says when people call him out on it. Like, hey, pick up your dog, keep our city beautiful. And he's like, that's not what they do in Australia. And they're like, what? I'm like, no, cultural difference. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh man. So, you know, I would love to get a chance to talk to Trey and just see, like, is this true? Because it's it's probably not. I'm I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt that there's no way. Trey always the benefit. Yeah, he's he's responsible. He cleans Seth. up after his dog. Oh. Seth. <laughs> is that Trey? Seth. Oh, the OG co-host. Oh my gosh. Uh, it's good to hear voice. I'm super sorry that I'm just popping into the house and I gotta go. Oh. But I have to ask, yeah. what do you want for Devante? <laughs> oh, we already low-key slandered uh, these efforts. Um, You're kidding. I would uh, no. look- should I not even listen to this pod? Jamie says I wouldn't. We were just throwing mud at you just to get you on the pod, and it's clear your ears were burning because here we are. Um, it's going to have to be about a first-round pick. Needs to talk about another one's first-round pick. So, uh, You don't yeah. think I'm going to make the playoffs? Yeah, you'll have to listen to the pod, but um, I think we made a compelling case. Ugh. Devontae. Um, Caleb reneged on that bet. He's uh 
He got scared. Do we have any consequences in this team? I mean, we don't really have punishments. Our two renames have not worked this year. Yeah, what the heck, Trey? I would I would consider a Devonte for a CMC thing if there was another wide receiver I could get off you. Wait, you want CMC plus? Well, and I would give you another guy off my bench. Um, I think I'm just gonna have to roll with my seven different random wide receiver options. All right, hope for the best. Yeah, I'll give you Devonte and Cam Akers for Chase Claypool and CMC. Don't hold me to that. Uh, here's the thing: I'm sitting high and mighty with Mike Davis right now, the RB one of the past few weeks. So to have whatever Panthers running back, you know, it's pretty funny. I, you might be familiar with the fact that I know a lot about the Seahawks running backs. Also, Jamie, why does this? I can hear this thing echoing in my head. You sound good to me. Um, anyway, you you know that I know a lot about the Seahawks running backs. Mike Davis used to be a Seahawks running back. That's right. He was, he was like okay. the third stringer. He was okay. He then went to Chicago, and then he became terrible. I didn't know that. Um, so that's kind of why I didn't build him. I was too familiar. Had I been a little more ignorant, I might have bid big. Yeah. This is what I guess the pros, the fantasy pros mean when they say, draft a 2020 team. Um, <sighs> but anyway, I, it's good to hear your voice. You um, have to do less important things. Seth, really though, I apologize. I'm sorry to go. I'd love to hear your voice. I'd love to be on the next pod with you there. That'll be great because we put there was a lot of fodder to chew on from this pod to what we could talk about on the next one, which is making bold claims about the viability of anyone's team. Oh, interesting. I mean, let's get rid of um, that. This is this is Caleb's season to lose. That is true, uh, which I think immediately jinxed him. Real quick, you going Andy Dalton or Tannehill? Uh, I'm going Tannehill. All right. Right now, well, I guess you got to fill some spots. I was going to say Caleb can rename your team based on the projection alone, but you got a few empty ones. Yeah, I've still got to choose three wide receivers of mine among my uh, eight or whatever. Uh, we'll do that for you. Justin Jefferson, Robert Woods, and Chase Claypool. Wow, I was leaning that way. Take it from the guy who's won three straight. Yeah, the last one against me. No, that was Sean. Sean. Huh. You're coming to town? Is that a rumor? I I will be in the Central Virginia area at the end of this month to get get a little R&R. Maybe we could set up a projector on the side of your building watching games. Well, shoot. I, I hope it's not the same time that I'm in Texas uh, watching the you, Packers-Texans you... live. Wait, you're going to the stadium? I'm going to the stadium. One of the, like, 10,000? I have no idea how many. I don't know. My Jamie, first... does that violate dad bod COVID protocols? Jamie, that does not violate dad bod COVID protocols, correct? <laughs> Not as far as he knows. Oh, I thought he was still on the mic. 
Um, yes, my first NFL game will be in a pandemic. Uh, what what date is that? That's the twenty sixth. The oh, it's a Monday night game. Yeah, so I guess we will miss each other. That's when I get in. Um, well, I, I fly back on the twenty sixth, actually. Oh, okay. Well, I'll be there till the second. Oh, huge. Um, sweet. Well, I can't wait for Devontae to light up the Texans on my team. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm sorry. I do have to go, um, but it's good to hear your voice. Peace, homie. That was my co-host. There he was. Um, you know what? He was he was a friendly fellow. I, I can see that, you know, a couple losses uh, have, have brought him back down to earth a little bit since... Mm-hmm that high and mighty wave he was riding as the champion we can't take away champion we've only had what four or five first place finishers it's a lot to get there in this league it is uh who i won the first year steven one year two years steven won two years travis and matt are the other two i believe that's right wow yeah rarefied air Mount Rushmore, if you will. <laughs> Which, uh, there can also be a drawing in the book of that. Where were we? I think I was still slandering Trey, but we were beating a dead horse there. <laughs> um, who else do we want on the pod? I had a mailbag question for Drew. The and... mailbag episode. How, give, give me your thoughts. What, what do you think on the mailbag episode? Because I threw the idea out there, sounded good to me. Then you know, in the, I think the ups and downs of COVID, you know, <laughs> I lost motivation for two right. weeks. Really wasn't feeling like any pod, so I didn't push it. Uh, Robert put out a couple questions, uh, one for you, which we can get to. But is this an uh, idea worth resurrecting? Should we do a mailbag pod? Was it a bad here, idea? Move on to the next idea. I think you know the vagaries of COVID and life and all its many facets as we all carry it does make it tricky because we were off to a wonderful blazing start with the podcast and others. Yeah. Here's how I might tweak the idea. Everyone, you had spoken since the beginning of having um, solo and micro pods and just throwing out fresh content, which I'm being really sincere here. Like I don't think I'm alone when I say that like we all love your, um, perfect mix of thoughtfulness, uh, sharp fantasy intellect and analysis and sardonic, not going to blow sunshine up anyone asses balance that you bring. Mm. Um, and so I wonder if the mailbag pod could be fused with the solo micro pod idea, which is give me some questions and, but they're like, quote unquote for you. But like what we want is it's like Jamie's corner. Um, patent pending um but it's sort of like jamie give us your take on the kind of things that yeah you might talk about with a guest uh like me but um and just go to town on them so maybe it's one question maybe it's five questions and you just hold court and then add whatever else um that could be so that that would be one idea who else needs to be slandered Steven. Steven. Scourge. Have you have you heard pops in for five or about Steven? 
I heard I beat him this past week. Boom! Um, Got him. While benching two scores I shouldn't have. Like that, I that's I was actually gonna be so much more pissed at myself. Not just Johnny, but Chase Edmonds should have been started in front of Le'Veon Bell. I think I went with name recognition. Steven, uh I always loved his he's always got such a unique but well thought out perspective on quote unquote controversies that royal the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, is not above throwing in his own monkey wrenches into those controversies and is definitely not above going radio silent for three weeks just so he can drop in and get seven likes on one hello. Um, I don't know what that's about, but... I'd, I'd like it twice if I could. <laughs> exactly. Um, here's here's some nominal slander. Is... Uh, we talked about this with Matt is Steven's reputation granted well-earned two first place finishes, got a Roomba yeah. with two the winning two time champion didn't make the playoffs last year. And still uh, he, he, he carries a lot of fear in our hearts. Um, is his team worth it though this year? Juju Smith Schuster. I just am saying, are we giving him too much respect for for what's on paper? Yeah, is he kind of uh, is he kind of like dressed himself up in his own mystique? Is what I'm basically saying. <laughs> Maybe who's Antonio Gibson? Who gives a shit? <laughs> Doesn't scare me. No. Uh, Arnold Jones the second, dicey, dicey, dicey play. Devontae Parker, real good. Oh, he does have Kamara on by. All right, and Wasn't Kelsey so good is and Kelsey is Kelsey at a position where a lot of people are searching for tight end help right now. There's not much bad to say. He's weak at quarterback the way the Falcons are going, and Joe Burrow's. Rookie. Um, I don't see it happening here. Tell me otherwise on the podcast. I mean, this is nakedly just trying to get him on. What can I? I no one can say anything bad about Stephen the Luck. No one ever has. Yeah, um, not that I've heard. No, because they're six feet under. <laughs> <laughs> it, was that the slander? Are Are you saying that he's an axe murderer? Yes. People have disappeared. <laughs> They're unexplained. Yeah. Only the people who found out which app he was using on draft night. Dead and gone. Wow. That. I, I feel like that very much escalated where I went with Trey. But, <laughs> you know, this is why Zach has editorial decisions. That's right. Um, pretty intriguing. Me, uh, though. Oh, go ahead. I also told you the moral complication of holding this slander segment on the the podcast is our good friend Robert preached this past Sunday on James 3 and taming the tongue, using our speech wisely. Here I am a, a mm. week later, just slamming mm. my league mates. <laughs> Oops. Um, I feel bad. I guess it depends on what use it's for. Little to me... The means justify the ends, which is 
more awesome dudes on the pod, so they know it's all good fun. Okay. I'm well, fascinated by this th- matchup of three and twos between Steven and Sean this week. Uh, close friends. Right now, Yahoo has pretty even projections based on the lineups these guys have. Is this going to crack the friendship? Probably. Yeah. You're seeing some rivalry potential here? I am. I mean, a lot. I'm, it's I'm still, pushing that narrative. Yeah, we're near the halfway mark of the season. Uh, this will be the, the week before we cross the Rubicon. And uh, one of these teams is going to be four and two. One's going to be three and three. We have right now one, two, three, four, five teams with three winning records, uh, three and two. And um, people are starting to get maybe a little desperate. Zach's not going to forgive any more losses with his point totals. Um, Zach's just not a very forgiving fellow. Not one of his virtues. No. Yeah, stone cold resentment. Um, that'll get him on the pod. I know Zach comes on the pod. Why? Why are we slandering Zach? <laughs> Only an idiot would draft Leonard Fournette. <laughs> you know that's a source. Of another, here's the thing: no one's you actually know he's upset about that. No one's actually mean in our league. Like, I can't say any of this with a straight face. Um, God, Drew was so unexcused last year. Agreed. <laughs> what an absence. Psych. Um, who are the chefs? Oh, and five. <laughs> yeah, that that question has taken on more existential meaning this year than I think it, it ever has before. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I know I do two things. I'm actually surprised the commissioner hasn't showed up to the pod, and I know his record is bugging him. Oh, tra- Travis is competitive. Uh, he hides it behind this veneer, but um, he wants to win. He does. And, you know, frankly, I'm rooting for him. Um, no one likes pissy Travis. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? I'm taking shots at everyone. <laughs> I took one shot <laughs> at Trey. I feel a little bad about it. Not too bad. Here's the thing. It's so hard to hurt my feelings, and I hope everyone knows I'm I don't mean any of this. So um I sincerely I love everyone's take on fantasy football and what they think about this stuff. I listen to these as soon as they drop, uh, probably because they're so much better quality than the ones I'm on. Um, what else is there to talk about? Like we're all playing this game. We're spending our fab. There's a lot of fab money among the top four. Dude, you've only spent two bucks. Two bucks. It was this week on the Miami D. Wow. So you are feeling pretty good about your team. I've, I've made some bids. I've made some bids. Haven't, haven't won any of them. But. Did you feel like they were bids you really expected to win? Like, I knew I had to spend what I did, for example, on Mike Davis and Devonta Freeman. Even then, I wasn't sure I was going to get them. Um, but I was desperate at the time and just, you know, trying to be like, is this a desperation bid for my season or fair? Yeah, I think part mm-hmm. of it is that my starting lineup has stayed healthy enough 
that sure. I've never gotten to a point where I felt desperate of, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm grabbing a guy who's just definitely going to go into my starting lineup. And I also wasn't convicted that any of those guys were necessarily going to be difference makers. Um, you know, in hindsight, I would have, I would bid big for Mike Davis. Um, He's killing it. Mm. Dude, your 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 starters are strong. Your quarterback game, Josh Allen, I just looked at his points. Jeez. Um Yeah, Adam Thielen, surprisingly wide receiver AJ one Brown. right now. AJ, yeah, AJ Brown came back and dominated targets. CEH, we kind of talked about that, but oh, you've got an update here too. Shall we read it? Ooh. New chief. This is such a big signing. Ceh gets an update, even though it's <laughs> not him. New Chiefs running back. This could be a good way to end the episode because I do have to go soon. New Chiefs running back Le'Veon Bell will threaten Clyde Edwards-Helaire number one status. And then, of course, their advice is: it's of course possible Bell does far more than threaten Ceh's Ooh. number one status. He could take it outright, though it won't happen in week six. Come on. Eligible, blah, blah, blah. First round pick. He's got draft Here we go. Bell arrives as Edward Zelaire has finished under 65 yards rushing in four straight games, failing to average more than four yards per carry in any contest since week one. Bell's arrival is particularly bad news since, at least in theory. Wow, so many clauses, though, in this analysis. <laughs> what are you saying, <laughs> Yahoo? I know. He is also a well-above-average pass-catching back. Bell will be a threat on all three downs, and it's up to CEH to make a stand beginning Monday against Buffalo. This is being written like by some like blogger in Kansas City. Uh, realistically, CEH will probably begin in the RB2028 range. It'll uh, be a week-by-week affair from there. So it's funny how like Yahoo has such strong opinions literally minutes after the signing about your first round pick. What does Yahoo know? Caleb would say nothing. I would say nothing too. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you've got a strong team though. Um, this Benny Snell, is that just holding on in hopes that, uh, Uh, what's his name? Yeah, he's goes a stash. Down. Connor goes down. Yeah, he's a strong stash. Cause I I need another running back somehow. It'd be be good to get another person. Zach Moss looked decent week one, and then he's been hurt the whole time. Oh, that's so we'll right. So yeah, you're deep. Cool. Well, I probably got to get going. I respect it. Travis Piccolo is blowing up group me as we speak. I know. I was trying to bring him into the pod and talk about Le'Veon Bell, but he's watching Harry Potter. First time. Uh, that is well, not slander. That's a he should he should live pod that. Yeah, he has shared. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes tweeted something that's basically a gif of uh, a guy smiling. <laughs> so, uh, our resident Chiefs fan, who is our loyal 
and indefatigable commissioner. Should come on the pod. Come on the pod. Try it. Let's yeah. See what happens. And talk about right. chiefs. So really, the whole point of saving the pod was to tell other people to come on the pod with a little bit of football thrown in. Yeah, Seth saves the pod, part two. <laughs> to be determined. <laughs> TBD. Um, but I feel I good about brought... it. I think you saved right. it. Okay, so we had one person have a specific question they wanted us to address on the pod. Seth, how is the bod going right now at this point in the pandemic? Great question. This really jumps back to the beginning of the pandemic when I was hard at work prepping for the combine and had found myself able to go to this place, Orange Theory Fitness, which is just great for getting my acting gear after, you know, a big transition move to Arizona. I do well with like, yeah, coach, it's, it's kind of like pushing yourself and moving around the stations. Then the pandemic hit. Just recently, they've done really small class sizes and everyone's got to be masked and the temperature checks and all sorts of protocols that I've been comfortable enough doing uh, that again. And it's been really great. Gone on some hikes with a good friend, um, you know, which is outdoor and distance and eating well, drinking a lot less, um, drinking. There's no judgment on drinking during everything we're going through right now, but you know, it, it comes, it goes and wasn't a problem. I'm just saying from a calorie perspective, right. um, that feels good. And, uh, yeah, a lot of life changes afoot, um, but I'm really hopeful about them. So it's just good to feel like kind of like I'm able to come back to my body after three months of what were essentially triple digit temperatures every day where it's basically impossible to really be out super long unless you Jeez. get up super early and then not being able to go to the gym or do something indoors uh, behind that. So I'm feeling hopeful, actually. Um Thanks for asking, and I hope the same for all y'all. These are hard times. Um, on that note, I know Robert asked what my favorite pre-16-year-old um, sports favorite memory sport was. Memory. A lot of my best ones come after 16, but <laughs> I think I just mentioned indoor stuff. It reminded me of the, one of the only championships. Um, I mean, I won some tra- I, I won a bunch of track medals, but I mean like team championships I ever won was eighth grade city league indoor soccer in Charlottesville and just had a fun team. And uh, like half of us knew each other coming into it um, and just slipping and sliding around the gym. Um, there are co-ed teams. Uh, we won that. I mean, like we're talking like multiple games in a day type thing, you know, yeah. through the playoffs. Uh, but that was such a blast for me because it was just like really tight camaraderie. Uh, we were all kind of like communicating well, and um, there was like there were no coaches, so that I think that felt cool. It, whatever that was, it might have been ninth or tenth grade, actually. Yes, it was later. It was like like then, but it, it doesn't matter. It was just like, oh yeah, we're kind of autonomous, but we're here for this committed purpose, which is also a good uh, analog to I think the dad bod pod, but. Um, just because I said I'm drinking less doesn't mean I'm drinking less during this entire podcast recording. I've been drinking a hard kombucha, Ooh. <laughs> zero sugar, zero carbs. 
So your guess is as good as mine is where the calories come from. But um, basically tastes like drinking seltzer water with 7.2% ABV. Okay. Flying embers. Uh, I highly That's recommend. some serious stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Got my probiotics. It's going to keep me regular. <laughs> it's going to keep me regular and uh, off the hooch. Yeah, right. that'll, that'll keep you going at Orange Theory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's basically like drinking Gatorade. All right. Um, to be continued, I gave the people what they wanted, which was uh, some ear splitting laughs and um, shit talk about Matt McNichol. So, yeah, thanks for right, complaining. I've done, I've that done we my job. Pod at two a.m. in the morning last. <laughs> two a.m. in the morning. Uh, we sure Eastern time. <laughs> but it was a.m. in the morning or a.m. in the afternoon. Uh, I am in the morning. <laughs> On that note, I will go fall in a Le'Veon Bell. Go fall in a well. 